0: Amen. Right now, he's seated at the right hand of the Father to make intercession. When he stands up, he's coming back in judgment. The Bible said every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. you You don't have to recognize him as the Lord now, but you will one day. You say, oh no, I won't. Hey, if Satan... Think about this, if Satan who's caused all the destruction, discouragement, division throughout history will we'll bow before him, you'll bow before him. So we can do it voluntarily now or we can do it uh, one day when he stands in judgment. Good time to do it now, amen, as Savior. And uh, I want you to turn to Mark chapter 5 this morning. Again, verse number one, I want to share a thought with you. uh, Kind of we're going in a little different direction because of what God's done. And I want to be a help to you. um, Something God showed me in my devotion time. And uh, you'll, you'll understand the story in Mark chapter one, beginning in verse number one. And uh, we want to go down to verse number 20. So it will be a lot of Scripture reading, but uh, I think we need that for context. The Bible said they came over unto the other side of the sea in the, into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs. Now, notice that in verse 3, the Bible doesn't say he was sojourning among the tombs. He was dwelling there. He was living. That's where he was, right? That. That. That's the... That's where his residence was. And the Bible said among the tombs, And no man could bind him, and no, not with chains, because then uh, he, was, he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and fetters broken in pieces. Neither could any man tame him. And always night and day, right? Not, not sometimes, always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, (laughs) made all the difference, didn't it? Saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshiped him. Cried with a loud voice and said, what have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. And He didn't understand the Lord, did he? The Lord didn't come to torment him, The, the Lord came to help him. And this, What the devil will tell you is that the Lord is here to, to hurt you and to, to grieve you and to, to, to put you in chains and fetters and bind you to where you can't do what you want to do and you can't live a, a life that is satisfying. But the Lord actually has come to free you. And he said unto him uh, in verse number 8, he said, Come out of this man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, my, uh, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. And now there was there nigh under the mountain a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him saying send us into the swine that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave. And the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. There were about two thousand. And were choked in the sea, and they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what it was that was done, and they come to, to, and they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had l- the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. That's interesting to me here's they doesn't seem like they were afraid of him when he was possessed with demons. But now that he's in his right mind, the Bible said they're afraid of him. Isn't that that interesting? Hey, how many times have have you heard, and I've talked to people, and people say, I want you to pray for my husband or pray for my wife or pray for my son uh, because uh, they're an alcoholic or a drug addict or whatever it is, and then they get saved, but they get too saved. What they wanted was somebody that just didn't act like they were acting but then when the Lord really saved them and they became a quote-unquote fanatic for Jesus, they were like, well, that's way too much. So here, here's, this, here's this man who is, I mean, think about it. He, he's in the mountains cutting himself, and he's living among the tombs. He's living in a graveyard. The Bible doesn't even say they're really afraid of him. But then when he's in his right mind and clothed, hey, you know what the world's afraid of? People that love God. And when we live in a country, you can be a nut. And you, you can be as sinful as you want to be and do whatever vile thing that you want to do. And, and that's normalized. But you, you have somebody that comes to church five nights in a row, right? Comes to church on a Friday night. Comes to church on a Sunday morning. Comes to revive. Y'all going to do two weeks of meeting. What in the world are y'all thinking, right? But they're afraid of that. The Bible said they were afraid. What were they afraid of? The Bible said Jesus gave them leave, talking about those in verse 13, gave them leave, and the unclean spirit went out and entered into the swine. The herd ran violently. Can you imagine that? I mean, two thousand pigs, right? That's right. Why did why were they upset with Jesus? Because they they lost money right? right so these people that fed the swine were upset. and so look at verse fifteen, they came to Jesus to see him that was possessed with the devil, had the legion sitting clothed, and they were afraid and verse sixteen they, they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him to depart out of their coast. When he had come into the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. And howbeit, Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee, hath, uh, and hath compassion on thee. Notice verse 20 said, He departed, began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him and all men did marvel Amen. so I thought about this wherever you are this morning in your life right. it's a good possibility there is some there is some some. I don't want to put this some dead things that need to be revived right, right? I, I mean when we look at revival and what it is it is a resuscitation or a reviving of something that once was now right. The Bible doesn't say that this man, in other cases, Brother Adam talking about someone with an infirmity, they, it talks about them having that infirmity from their birth. Now, this scripture does not say that. He may have very well been possessed by devils devil since his birth, but it's not clear, right? So, so when we look at this scripture, we realize that, um, first of all, in, in Mark chapter 5, verse number 1, the Bible said this about the, they came over unto the other side. So what I want you to see, first of all, is you're going to fit somewhere in these categories. Right. You're either going to be following Jesus closely like the disciples were or those that were in the ship that came over to Gadara, or you're going uh, to be one of those that needs help this morning, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? I mean, I mean there's two good places to be. One I'm in the ship with Jesus and I'm walking with him and I'm already in that closeness that we've talked about all week or that you recognize today that you are in need of help from the Lord. But then there's a third group. And that third group are the masses that cared nothing about anything that had to do with Jesus and really was not that excited that here's a man that the Lord had impacted their life. You're, you're probably, I would say, and I wouldn't guarantee it, but I, I would say that's probably accurate that you're in one of three categories. You're either in the boat with Jesus going to help people or you're in need of help from the Lord Jesus or you just don't want help and you're going to be critical of everything that goes on. Right? And so in this scripture I want to give you four things and I'm not going to expound too much uh, uh, that I hope will be a help to you if you need help. And by the way, we all need help, I'd say. Number one is I want you to see the massive distance between Jesus and this maniac. The Bible said here in verse number one, they came over under the other side of the sea into the country of the gatherings. Well, if, if you look just a few chapters over, it appears, Brother Matt, that Jesus was in Capernaum. And, and to get from Capernaum to Gadara was about a six-mile journey. And you say, well, that's not... That bad? No, not when you're driving 80 miles an hour like we do, but but when you're going across a sea of Galilee, right? And, and you've got to deal with the, the the wind, and you've got to deal with the tides, and you've got to deal with that. So you're having to deal with the sea. It's a whole lot different journey than just if you had to walk six miles. Let's be honest. The the, the maniac Gadare with most Baptists would just have to stay in the tombs. Brother Charles, we ain't gonna walk six miles. Many of us won't walk across the street to help somebody. You know, we're definitely not gonna go six miles. But here, there's a great distance, a massive distance between Jesus and this man that needed help. But aren't you glad that when this man could not get to where he was, he came to where he was. See, you you can't you can't get to where he's at this morning, but he can get to where you're at this morning. You, we're not high and holy enough. Now, I know if we're Christians, we can enter in the throne room because we have that privilege because of the blood of Christ. But if you really need help today, may I say, uh, He can come to where you're at. Praise God. And so here it is in verse 1. They came to the other side of the sea in the country of the Gatherings. So, so this massive distance was made even worse uh, by the fact that they're crossing a sea. Now, again, understand they didn't have a motor. They didn't have no 150 horsepower mercury going down. Amen. So they had to to deal with the sea, but they had to deal with the storms. Sometimes when you you want to help people, you're going to have to deal with some storms in your life to get to where they're at. But aren't you glad that everything, when we look at Calvary, Everything the devil had to throw at Jesus, he was able to to weather the storm and still go to Calvary. And may I say, whatever, wherever you are, there's nothing the Lord, if you want some help, there's nothing God won't do to help you. Amen. See, there's a sea, there's some storms, but let me say this there's a Savior. Amen. The sea and the storm are no match for him. As a matter of fact, in two different occasions, we know that one occasion uh, the Bible talks about him walking on the storm and we know Peter walked on the storm with him. And another occasion the Bible talks about him being in the back of the ship in the storm and the disciples said, Lord, do do you not even care that we're going to perish? And he got up and he rebuked the, 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 the winds and the waves and they marveled and said, even the winds and waves obey him. See, there's nothing that is not under the control of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you are going through some storms in your life, don't let them discourage you. uh, Because Jesus can still get to where you're at. He's aware, amen. He knows where you're at this morning. And so there's a massive distance that the Lord, and understand this, that the the country of the Gadarenes was a Gentile nation. He had dealt with the Jews, and they had continually rejected him. And so I I look at that, and I want you to understand this morning what the devil will say to you is that God doesn't care about you. You got to be a good, clean person, and you got to be a good, uh, you know, you you got to dress up, and you you got to you got to clean up your mouth and clean up your act, and then God will help you. Well, that's not what we're seeing here. This man was a Gentile. Matter of fact, if you knew, uh, remember when the, the Gentile lady came and, and uh, the Lord uh, talked about, she said, can, I, can you just give me some crumbs from your table, right? I mean, that, that, uh, to them, that was a disgusting person. But Jesus went right to where he's at. Amen. So I'm saying no matter what society says about you, I don't care what religion says about you, amen. If you want help today, Jesus will help you. That's what revival's about just getting some help. It's not about the shouting and singing and that those are Bible by- revival is getting some help from God. And if you're here this morning and you're in the boat with him, praise God, it is your job to help Jesus get to people that need help. If you're one of those people, you're saying, "Listen, preacher, I'm just I'm not real close to the Lord right now, but I'm going through some some valleys and some problems in life." May I say this is the very type of day, very type of service that the Lord wants to help you and he can get to where you're at. But Satan will fight you this morning and say, listen, he doesn't care about you. He wants to stay over there with that crowd. No, no. He went he went over and crossed that sea for this one. Man, there was there wasn't multitudes that got saved and got helped. There was one. And I'm glad the Lord's He's He's interested in the individual as much as the masses. I'm glad he saves the whole world, but man. May I say April 21st, 1996, I'm glad he just, he passed by my way. He came to me personally on that day and many others. And today, listen, if you really want some help, wherever you are, if you're here and you've never trusted him as your Savior, he, he's, he's interested in you this morning. If you're here today and you're, you say, man, I'm, I've got some, some tomb experiences right now in my life, he's interested in you too. And you don't have to clean up to come to him. He'll come <laughs> whew, he'll come to where you're at this morning. So number one, there was this massive distance. But number two, I want you to see there was a, a demonic maniac. Right. right? Verse 2, the Bible said, And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the, among the tombs. So he wasn't just walking through the cemetery. That's where he lived at. Now, I don't know about you, I don't want to live in no cemetery. Now, some of y'all are just more spiritual than I am, I suppose. I don't really want to live beside a one either. You say, well, they won't nothing to hurt you. Well, still they spooky. Right? I don't know anybody that says, you know what? It is my great desire to live in a cemetery. Does anybody like that? Because we need to have prayer for you. This very moment we need to have prayer. So, so the Bible said he dwelt among the tombs and no man could bind him because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains and the chains had been plucked asunder uh, by him and the fetters broken in pieces. Neither could any man tame him. And always, always night and day he was in the mountains in the tombs crying and cut himself with stones. This. Now, I know, you, I know I'm in a church full of spiritual giants. But I can almost guarantee you there's not one of us that go and said, I'm a witness to that dude. We won't hand a track to a kid. Right? We'll drop one and say, listen, we wanna invite you to church. Pick it up and read it. Right? We won't have knock on doors because we're, we're scared somebody will answer them we're going out on visitation we're going Lord I pray nobody comes to the door so I can just shove this thing in the doorknob come on. then we come home all the time. just sowing seed, yeah. right, yeah. right. this guy he's, he's dwelling among yeah. the tombs now I don't know. I know, I know I'm not real smart but a couple things I know dwelling among the tomb, you know what that was there? Dead stuff. Why was he there? I'll tell you why, cuz he had no hope. See many of you many of you sitting here you don't have any hope. You're not you didn't come over in the boat with Jesus. But whether you're not you don't you don't know him as your savior, some of you are here and I, I listen, I'm not dumb. I know, I know it's a good church and we all love Jesus, but I know there's somebody sitting here this morning that if you died, you wouldn't go to heaven. But see, you've been living among the tombs so much you've gotten used to the, the smell of the deadness. Right. You feel like you feel like nobody could help you, right? You you feel like this is the only life. You, that's what the world's doing, man. All this garbage going on in the world is not because people are enlightened; it's because they have no hope, right? All this, you know. I guess kids still do it, but there. I remember kids, some kids in youth group years ago that that were in the cutting. I'm like, what? to why would you want to do that? That. So we could feel something. You know what they're saying? I don't I don't feel anything in here. I got no hope. I, I'm not i not getting love at home from my parents and I'm not I don't feel like Jesus loves me and I got I gotta do something I gotta do something that defiles myself. Why do you think why do you think all these girls are are uh, you know uh, in these illicit relationships when they're 10, 12, 14 years old and saying, I just want somebody to love me. It's, I'll tell you why because they, they don't feel anything in here and they don't have enough wisdom to realize that that 14 year old boy that says I love you if you'll just get in the bed with me he's not doing it because he loves you he, he, he manipulated you in there you know why? because that little girl saying I'm hollow in here, I'm dead I just want somebody even if it cheapens me, I want somebody that I feel like loves me. Right? There's a deadness in there. And many of you sitting here this morning, you know what? You're just going through the motions. That's all he was doing. He's living among the tombs. He's dead inside. He's got all this demon possession. And he's, he's just going through the motions. Right? Dwelling among the tombs. Dwelling among the dead Amen. stuff. Amen. There's no life in you. And Satan's selling you this counterfeit that this is what... Listen, you went out last night and you drunk, uh, drank a bunch of bud dumbers and you woke up and you didn't know where you are and you vomited all over yourself and, and the devil said, and wasn't that fun? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Come on. Dumb. Amen. Wake up in somebody else's bed, you don't even know them. You don't know if you're pregnant, have some disease and the devil said, wasn't that fun? Amen. Why? Because you're dead. Amen. Sitting in church this morning, some of you adults, and you're like, go on, preacher. Just get... I did my duty, came to church. You got some religion, but you're dead. Yes. Right. God wants to help you this morning. Yes. See, there's different, there's different levels. The Bible said uh, that, that demon was legion, which means many. I think legion means about what, 12,000? So there's all kinds of stuff going on that's causing your deadness this morning, but it's not the Lord Jesus Christ. See, he came to where he was at, to where you were at, to help you get out of the tombs. He had no hope. He had obstacles. The Bible said uh, that uh, uh, he had these fetters. He had these tombs. At night and day, he was dwelling among the tombs in the mountains, crying, cutting himself with stones. He had op- oppression. He had demon oppression that was keeping him in that state. Then he also had opposition. Didn't nobody want anything to do with him. See, isn't it amazing what Satan does to you? He gives you all these wonderful friends. All these people. Oh, you're the greatest. Come party with us. Come hang out with us. Come defile yourself with us. We're here. Uh, Ride or die, baby, me and you. Right up until you're no longer useful. was nobody helping him. Right. Matter of fact, what the scripture said is they were trying to bind him up. Yes. That's right. yeah. you're right. They were trying to imprison him. That's what Satan's doing to you this morning. If you're not a Christian, this sin that you think is so attractive, all it's doing is add more shackles to you. Yes. Right? right? Yes. It's imprisoning you. Yes. And, and you hear this morning, you say, I'm saved preacher, praise God, preach on. But see, you've got some shackles on you. Because you may not be out there, yes. you say, well, I say, amen, preach, preach to them, tell them, tell them about that illicit relationship and that alcohol and that drugs. But let me say this, listen, pay attention. You know what's got you in the tombs? Yes. Your stinking bitterness right. and your unforgiveness yes. wow. and your anger, yes. amen. Yes. just, just, you might as well say amen, friend. Because what's killing the church is not the alcohol and drugs and, and ill. I tell you, it's bitterness and anger and unforgiveness and jealousy and resentment. And we can go on and on and on. You want someone preach your name sin. I know what you mean by that. You want me to get on those vile sinners, don't you? I tell you who the vile sinners are, the ones that can't recognize what Satan's doing in our hearts. That's what's killing the church, friend. That's what will kill revival. That's what will kill what God's wanting to do. That will imprison you. You say, oh, preacher, you don't know what they've done to me. You don't know how to. Get over it. I just can't get over it, preacher. Well, I thought greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I thought I can do all things through Jesus. Whatever happened to all them promises we claim from our devotion books, right up until it's us. Amen. And all of a sudden, they don't work anymore. See, if you won't help, Jesus will help you. But if you'll notice when Jesus came across the sea, the Bible said, look what the Bible said, and when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with a, here comes Jesus, right? He comes out of here, he gets out of that boat. Man, that that demon possessed man didn't sit over there and say, all right, Jesus, come on. See what you can do in my life. I love it. Amen. He said, I love it among the tombs. I love it among the dead stuff. You're going to have to drag me out of them. hallelujah. See, that's where a lot of folks are today. If you're here today, you're saying, Jesus, you're going to save me. You're going to have to drag me out. And some of you Christians sitting here, you're saying, if I'm ever going to have any hope or help, you're going to have to drag me out of it, Lord Jesus. No, you've got to come to him. He'll come to where you're at, but you've got to make a move too. We're sitting back saying, I'm just going to sit here until you drag me out of my mess. Right. Well, guess what? You'll stay in it. Yes. Yes, right. yes. You won't help. He'll help you, but you've got you to make a move too. So Jesus came to where he was at, but then he had to come to Jesus. Yes. Yes, so there was a menacing demonic maniac. He had no hope. He had no help. He had no home. He Had no home. He had nothing, right. <laughs> but he heard Jesus was coming. Right. Bible right. said he saw him afar off, yeah. right? right. Yes, this morning, I what? You're hopeless, helpless, homeless. You can get some help though. Right. Yes. And number three, there was a divine miracle. You look at verses six through thirteen gives the story. So when he saw Jesus afar so off he ran and worshiped him. That'd be a good place to start. Worshiping. You say but I'm not a Christian. Didn't say he was either. Just said he worshiped him. He recognized who he was. And cried out with a loud voice said what have I to do with thee Jesus? It's interesting, thou son of the most high God, you got to know him. He's not, he's not a God, he's the God, he's not a way, he's the way, right? He's not an answer, he's the answer, he's not a physician, he's the physician. So, what did he do for him? Well, he removed his restraints. So I thought he did that himself. No. See, he removed the restraints that you could see. The fetters were broken. Jesus removed the restraints you couldn't see. That oppression, that opposition, that obstacle that was in his life that kept him from having a productive, profitable, good life, the Lord fixed that for him. See you You're not going to get that from some seminar. You're not gonna get it from your little self-help book. Yes, sir. You're not gonna get it from some little uh, uh, you know quote of the day. And I see some of you. You got these philosophical quotes that make you feel better, but then the next day you're right back in the same mess you were. Why? Because they don't work. They don't work. That's all flesh. That's all. That's all worldly, carnal stuff. And it sounds good to our sounds good to our mind and sounds good to our heart, brother Matt, but it doesn't fix it. You got to come to Jesus. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm a Christian, but you're not close to Him. Right. Right. The Bible said David. We talked about this this morning. Encouraged himself. How, brother Shane? Amen. David Amen. Con- con- encouraged himself the in the Lord. Amen. He didn't have all his mighty men saying, "David, it's come on, man, come on, you got this, you got." Yes, he encouraged himself. Some of us need to learn to encourage ourselves in the Amen. Lord. Amen. Because everybody's not on your side. Do you know that? Everybody ain't going to like you. You're not a pastor. Everybody loves pastor. Right? I, mean, I have no enemies at all. They all love me, man. We got some enemies. you so, right. Yes, sir. So here's this. Maniac, Jesus gets off the boat, he comes to him, and he heals him. It's a, it's a divine miracle. That's what you need, a divine miracle this morning. If you're not a Christian, you need a divine miracle. That is God saving you. If you're here today and you're a Christian, but you're walking far from him, and you've got all this baggage and all this junk, may I say this, you need a divine miracle. He had no help. He had no hope. Jesus removed his restraints. Why? Because notice he said, Come out of this man, thou unclean spirit. There's your divine miracle. That's right. yeah. Now, this man, go all the way down to verse 16. They that saw it told how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil and also concerned the swine. They began to pray him to depart out of their coast. That's right. So in verse 13, the Bible said, Forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirit went out and entered into the swine. The herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea, and they were choked in the sea. Right. All right? So here's this man, the Lord. Did you notice what happened to him after he was in his right mind and clothed? He didn't say, okay, it's a salvation issue, so Lord, I'm saved now. I'm going to go do my own thing. He didn't do that. He got close to him. Matter of fact, he said, I won't go with you. (laughs) Why? Because he knew being with him was going to be a lot better place than where he was. See, you you won't go with Jesus until... What Jesus has to offer is more attractive than where you're living at now. Right? I mean if you if you if you're content dwelling among the tombs, dead stuff in your life, dead, you just got nothing. I mean, every day it's the same junk, right? You thinking, man, I tell you what, if I could just get a better job, it would fix all my problems. No, it won't. There's still drug addicts that have millions of dollars. right. Right? There's still, there's still people have of that have millions dollars that have never found love. That's right? right? right. If I was just popular. Yep, there's, there's your solution. Right? You know, you know, they say when people that win the lottery, Brother Junior, within just not long after that, they're broke again. You know what part of the problem is? Your family and friends come out of the woodwork going, hey, remember when I loaned you that $10 when we were 10 years old? Interest means you owe me a million dollars now. Right. Everybody has... Right, yes, sir. Go ahead. You want to be popular? Mm, probably wouldn't want to do that, right? right. So here he is, this divine miracle. God touched him. He has a relationship with him. He's a follower of Christ now, and really, what he's done is he has revival. Well, what do you mean by that, preacher? As I mentioned. Doesn't say here, and maybe it's in three Gospels, I think. three. I don't think it's in all four, but I think it's in three Gospels, this man. But it doesn't say he was that way from his birth. So it seems to me that at some point in time, he was in his right mind. Something happened to where he wasn't, and he was dwelling among the tombs, so now he's in his right mind. That is the definition of revival. Christians have revival because at one time, you were revived, right, you were walking, you were living, and so may I say that wherever you are, if you've never trusted him, today would be a good day for that, but if you're cold and indifferent and dead inside, and you're you're dead emotionally and spiritually and mentally and intellectually, and you're like, I'm just existing, you don't have to just exist. This guy had no purpose. Night and day, he's walking among the tombs, cutting himself, crying, and you don't have purpose today unless you're serving the Lord Jesus Christ. You need a divine miracle. But, but here's, here's, here's the other group. So you, you have the disciples, right? You have this maniac. I, if you're in either one of those categories, if you're close to the Lord in the boat with him, great. Stay there. If you're not, you got issues and you're like, may I say, there's, there's help Remember the, remember the church at Laodicea? Lord said, I want you, I wish, or I want that you were hot or cold. Right. Yes. If you're hot and in the boat with him, praise God. If you're cold but you recognize that, praise God. Right. But in the middle is where you get in trouble. Amen. It's that lukewarmness. Yes, sir. And that's what happened here. Yes, sir. Verse 14 through 17. They fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what it was that was done. Now, you'd think that they'd be like, hey, remember that old crazy maniac? Let's go out and check that thing out. I heard he got help. But that ain't what they did, Brother Adam. Here's what they did. And, and the Bible said in verse 15, they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. They weren't afraid of him when he was a maniac. I don't know about you. I don't know who you hang out with. If I'm walking through the tombs and there's somebody screaming all the time and cutting themselves, that's the problem where I come from. But these people seem to be more at ease with that than, than when he was in his right mind clothed and sitting at the feet of Jesus. That's how some people are. Yes, the Bible said, and they saw it, told them how it befell. In verse 16, to him that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine, and they began to pray him to depart out of their coast. What did he do? He destroyed. See, ready? So they, they were afraid of the guy that had his clothes on See the irony here? Yes, Go to Walmart <laughs> it's saying you ought to be more afraid of the people that actually wear clothes yeah. than don't. Right? right. That's right. you can you can run there about half naked with stuff hanging out all over the place and we're like that's normal. Yeah. But if you wear a suit in there, they'd be like, yeah. Yeah. Well, are you a politician or something? <laughs> You can wear your pajama britches in there. Amen. It says cutie on the back, and everybody knows that ain't you. That's right. And that's cool. But you dress like you, they're like going to a funeral or something. Here's this guy, he's just sitting there, got clothes on, when he was running around naked, cutting himself. That's good. Right? It's almost like the world was saying it's okay to be naked and do all this stuff. Well, that's kind of what they're saying today, that's isn't it? Then right. yeah. right. if, you, if you say anything about dressing up go to church, you're a legalist. No, I just think you ought to put some clothes on. Amen. Right? Amen. So here he is sitting there, and they're were, they were afraid of him. But, but what they didn't like even more was Jesus messed up their pocketbook. Yes. <laughs> right? He messed up their pocketbook. Because those swine cha ching, cha-ching, dollar signs. Here's a man, all of a sudden, you know what happened to him? He got some help. Wouldn't you I mean if if people come to the altar this morning and got some help, right? Yes. Saved? Right. Yeah. Got right with God? Yes. We ought to be shouting her out. But I wonder this: Hallelujah. if it affected how if it affected you, yes. right? Some people won't get saved, Brother Charles, because it messes with their pocketbook. That's right. Some people, listen. Right. I've been doing this a while. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I've seen, yes, we have. I've seen kids go to youth meetings and revival meetings, get saved, get on fire for God. Yes, sir. Get ready, parents. It's coming. Right. Right. Buckle up. Right. On fire for God. About three weeks after they get it, yeah. Yeah. extinguished. Right. It's good. Mama, can you take me up to the church? They're having youth choir practice. I don't have time to take you up to the it's church July. for youth choir practice. Right. Can we go to youth revival? Pshh. I don't have time to take you to youth revival. That's right. Can we make it to Sunday school? Amen. You know I don't get up and go to Sunday school. Sunday's my day to sleep in. That's right. Got awful quiet somewhere, hallelujah. Right? So, So they were derogatory masses. You get right with God, you know what's going to happen? Most people ain't going to like it. There was a curiosity out of these people. There was a concern from these people. But there was a coldness that they didn't want to see happen what happened. A lot of you this morning maybe sitting here going, Preacher, quarter till. Right? Quarter till. Yes. Got to get on with it. Yes, sir. Got the crock pot rolling. They're going to get saved. They're going to get right with God. They need to do it right now. Wow. Right? Yeah. I'd come to a revival meeting, but what if it goes too long and I got to go to bed? Right. I told them the other night, I'll tell you this. You come. I'll get up when you get up or before. I'm not going to be one of these preachers laying in bed till lunchtime. I'm not going to do that. Matter of fact, far as I know, (laughs) far as I know, only a couple people got up earlier than I did. I don't say that to brag. I want you to know that I understand the sacrifice. I understand the sacrifice. So I'm not going to berate you and browbeat you, bless God, don't come to revival meeting, have a revival meeting, and, and then, you know, lay into bed till 12 o'clock. Right. I'm not going to do that. Right. But see, some people ain't going to come because, well, the kids have school. Ready for this? Yes, sir. But if you had a chance to take them to the Carolina-Duke game, Amen. That's a once in a lifetime experience, preacher. Yes, so is this. Yes, it is. Right. Yes, it is. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, it is. Amen. You had a chance to take them to the Super Bowl, National Championship. Right. Oh, that's a once in a lifetime experience, preacher. It ain't going to hurt if they get a little tired at school. Uh, come on. Last time I heard going to the National Championship game doesn't get you into heaven. Coldness. Amen. Then, real quick, I'm not even gonna, I just want you to see this. I won't even say look at verse 18. Yes, when he was coming. So they said, Jesus, we don't want you here. Right. Just go on. That's, right. That's what they told him. Yes. Just go. Right? Yes, Bible said in verse 18, when he was coming into the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Yes, Communion closeness what we've talked about all week see if you're in the tombs you're not close to him if you're, if you're not in the ship you're, not close, or you're, you're close to him if you're, if you're in the ship you're close to him if you're in the tombs you're not right now you're here today and you've got all this junk going on and everything's in the way of your walk with God your relationship with him you can't pray, you can't study your Bible you can't come to church, you have no communion here's why I'm give you this. You won't like it. No one else is responsible for your relationship with God, but you. You're, you're, I, I, you don't know how I got hurt in church. Oh, so? See, we we we're raising we're raising generations of weak, wimpy Christians. That if everything's just not perfect for them, they... I used to be this, but I got hurt in church. Welcome to the world. Amen. Man, I got hurt at food line. I'm going to go get my victuals there. Right? I mean, you see what I'm saying? You've got to realize that even in our church, you're dealing with sinful people. A sinful preacher. Brother Jimmy's not sinful, but I am, right? And... That's why the Bible says we've got to have some long-suffering for right. and forbearance. Yeah, we've got exactly. to put up with each other. Yeah, why? Because there's a world out there dying and going yeah, to hell. Yeah. And we're like, I can't go to church with those people because they hurt my feelings. Get over it. That's right. That's right. We Just get over it. Right. I just can't get over it, preacher. You just don't understand. I do. Yes, sir. You need to have an encounter yes, sir. with Jesus of Nazareth that will get your eyes off of you and your tomb experience, this guy was like, all right. I mean, he could have, he could have got upset with him and said, look, I've been here all these years and nobody helped me at all. I mean, nobody loved me and nobody cared about me. But Jesus cared about him. And you know what he did? He said, I'm going with you. And then Jesus, you know what he told him? He said, now you go back. You can't go with me. But you go back to the very people that wouldn't help you and the very people that hurt you, and you go tell them what happened to you. He went from a maniac to a missionary. That's what God can do for you this morning. But see, He'll come to where you're at, but you've got to come out of the tombs. You can't dwell in the tombs and get. Jesus ain't going to hang around dead stuff. You've got to come where he's at. Let's stand together. Let's bow our heads. Miss Susan's coming. No one's looking around. The altar's open. I don't know where you are. You may be here today. You've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior. Do this. Do this. No one's looking around. I want you to get real honest. You have an emptiness in you. You have no hope. You're just going through the motions. If you died today you're not sure you'd go to heaven Do this I want you to slip your hand up Say preacher pray for me this morning Would you do that? Be honest If I died today I don't know i am go to heaven preacher Pray for me Would you do it? Is there one? Is there one? Don't let pride get in the way this morning If I died today I don't know that I'd go to heaven Pray for me Alright. According to our testimony, we're all saved going to heaven. Hallelujah. Now why are you dead? Why are you dead? Are you in the ship? Or are you in the tombs? You can get the ship, but you gotta come. He's coming to you, but you gotta come where he's at. Come on. People are on the altar. You won't be by yourself. You mind the Lord, do business with him this morning. You want revival? It's available. It's available. listen you have to refuse to let people hinder you from getting help from Jesus because if you don't there's always gonna be obstacles oppression there's gonna be opposition there always will be you have got to determine no matter what it costs you what it takes I'm coming out of the tombs and I'm getting around Jesus that's what listen that's why we come that's why we've come all week it hadn't been convenient for anyone there's nobody that's been here every night of the week that said, man, this was so easy, right? We've all had opposition and obstacles. We've had oppression. The devil trying to tell hey, you, don't come to revival meeting. It's all, it, You can get help where you're at. Watch it online, right? If that's all you got, watch it online. But if you can get here, you need to get here. Some of you, same thing next week. I did my duty. Went to church Sunday morning, not come back Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Nope, I've done my duty. Well, if that's all you got, you don't have much. Whether you know it or not, you're in the tomb. I don't want to be anywhere Jesus is. Right? I want to spend as much time with him as I can. You say, well, you're saying the only place he's at is church? No, sir. No, sir. But I know this is where God's people is. I want to be here. Hebrews 11, 25, forsake not this, then of yourselves together. The Bible said, and so much the more as we see the day approaching. Amen. Heavenly Father, I love you. Thank you for the message and what you've done in our midst today. Get glory out of it all. In Jesus' name we pray.